Jonathan K. Cook. And um, today we will be hearing from our own um, brother Mike Newton, who, as we know, is a um, director with Young Life, but also um, just works hard to ensure that our high schoolers and even middle schoolers with wildlife hear the gospel and are presented with Christ um, on a daily basis. And we thank God for how that ministry is growing. And next week being Youth Sunday, um, I will be here. We will be hearing from um, Cletus Jones, who is our youth pastor. And so um, that will round out August for us. I will still be here for y'all who are wondering, when does he come? I, I spoke. Y'all heard from me last week. You're here again, but you'll be hearing from the Lord, which is even more important each time the word goes up. And so this morning, I want to pray for our brother. He is going to both give an update on ministry. There's some of you know that he was the main speaker for Young Life Camp all summer long. So all those weeks, how many weeks was it, Mike? Right. So for five weeks, every night, Mike spoke to uh, crowds of youth that were coming to camp, a different group every week. Um, and so I added one more week to that speaking um, by asking him, he's going to give us an update. And then he's also going to share the word with us this morning. So I want to pray for him as we receive him and we hear God's word. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that you give us the ability to hear your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us alone. Father, by your spirit, you have redeemed us, Lord. You have regenerated us, Lord. You have saved us. Father, thank you by the sacrifice of Christ and by the power of your spirit. And now, Lord, you give us your word so that you direct us. And I pray this morning that as we hear your word, Father, that we would know what to do. Either we would turn our lives over to you for those that have not trusted you as Savior. Or, Lord, we would allow you to pinpoint areas in our life that need to grow. And, Father, you would help us to move along in maturity, Lord, as we walk in you. I pray you would strengthen my brother Mike. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry that you've given him. Um, and for his family, Kristen and Amari, and how together, Lord, that they work to further the gospel. I pray, oh God, that you would continue to strengthen him. Lord, as you have given him a work here to do in this city, I pray you would give him wisdom. Lord, and I pray right now that he would speak the word that you have for us. And that, Lord, that we would obediently hear and then be doers of your word. So we commit this time to you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Okay. Okay, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be able to report to you all the things that God has been doing. Uh, but first, I want to I paint a picture before I start getting into my update. Uh, this Friday night, Pike High School, we had chapel. And we were talking about one body, one team, right? Uh, and the oneness. What does it mean to be, to be one as, um, uh, as a group of separate parts? And I turned to 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and it says this, For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, through the many, are one body, so also is Christ. Um, 
and then we went down further in the scripture all the way to verse 26. I shared some other things, but it says, so if one member suffers, then all the, mem- then all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And I want you to hear the update that I'm about to give and think about it as we all did this together. It isn't just something that Mike did, he spoke. Um, Just like with our wide receivers, oftentimes you hear them say, hey, he's got good hands. Well, you know how many things have to work together before even the ball gets to the hands, right? Uh, But the hands get all the credit. You know, the eyes got to see it, the mind's got to be out. here comes the ball, you know, raise your arms, elbows got to bend, fingers all, then wait a minute, heart's got to beat, lungs got to breathe, all that stuff, but the hands get the credit, right? I mean, he's got good hands. I wonder if the heart's ever like, wait a minute, you know what I'm saying? And so I think about that as... Uh, Krista and I have been here now 10 years at the church and just loving what God has. No, no, I'm not saying that for applause. I'm saying that to say y'all have poured into us. Y'all have invested in us. Y'all have like, I mean, <laughs> we, our daughter would not be alive if it, right, right, Krista? If, 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 if we didn't have a community around us at this church, so Amari thanks you as she stands up. And um, so when you hear this, and it's like, hey, Mike did these things, really, you did these things, okay? We did it all together. So uh, as that's where we were, we went to, uh, Young Life has 26 camps around the country. Uh, I was asked to speak session two uh, for five weeks, and so y'all remember I came in pray, asking for prayer before we went. I was like, 25 straight days of giving talks every single day. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I, I I was sick, but happened to act like I wasn't sick for at least 10 of those days, like in the middle. Our group left, Pike came, and LC came to camp, and then I was just like, I couldn't breathe, couldn't. Whatever, but you can't, because of COVID, you have, I was like, man, I can't be the speaker that goes out. And so I, I think some of y'all got my prayer request. Hey, please be praying more. God really sustains us. And so I want to read a letter to you um, that was given to me um, by one of the students. To get a, a, get a high school student to write you a letter while they're still in high school is like, Unheard of. That's why I'm like, I'm going to keep this in my Bible forever. And so this is from four girls that were from central Illinois that came to this camp, right? Uh, It says, Dear Mike, we wanted to thank you so much for the talks at Club. You have impacted our lives in the past three days more than we could have ever imagined. We have never felt closer to Jesus or each other than we have the past 24 hours. Your talks have helped us move closer to God and accept him as our savior. You've helped us realize not to live in guilt, shame, and fear. Your guidance has helped us, they're laying it on. Your guidance has helped us live with innocence and power and honor rather than being distanced from God. We will never forget this camp experience for you you have truly changed our lives for the better. From your friends, Jocelyn, Kylie, Lily, Emma, from Central Illinois. 
And so I share that to say, look, camp was an incredible experience. It was hundreds of hundreds of students that came. I, d- I spoke, Kristen did the music, and we saw over 150 students give their lives to the Lord uh, at camp. So that is incredible. And so I got a few photos to show you. So this is, when you come out of the dining hall, you look out over Table Rock Lake. And after each night when I'd be done speaking, many times kids would get to go out and think about what was shared. And that was what was greeted them, greeted them when they came out the door. And the thought is to see God just as much as you hear God at, at, at camp. So next slide will be Amari. Didn't fit. We don't know where. She was backstage and praise and worship was happening. And someone caught a photo of her with her eyes closed with her hand over her heart. So, I, you know, I had to put this in here. Uh, you know, raising up young worshipers. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, our next photo. This is the Pike and the uh, Lawrence Central uh, squad. So this is when they were leaving. And I was like, I got to sneak a photo uh, with the team. And so our kids uh, had an g- incredible time. I know we have several here that are part of that uh, group. And, um, yeah, next well, that's them. We're not throwing gang signs. We're throwing LC or Pike. So just as a heads up, just as a heads up, having fun. Next photo. Uh, I talked a lot about this. Uh, it, I, I feel like if there's a book that I encourage everyone to read, it's called the 3D Gospel. And oftentimes we present the gospel just on some guilt and innocence. But there's so much more if you look at from from the moment sin enters the world, there's guilt, shame, and fear. And you see that in their reaction. Uh, but depending on the culture that you live in is what is emphasized. Uh, and the importance of kids being there, I wanted them to, I wanted everyone to hear. Maybe for them, their suffering was through shame, not just guilt. Or they're living in fear. And so I put that, <laughs> Jesus took all that away on the cross. You might be wondering why his shoes are hanging from the cross. And that's because there's an illustration I shared that, you know, we approach the cross and our shoes are dirty. And so I had some dirty Air Force Ones. And then on the other side of the cross, Jesus trades that in for some brand new fresh pair that won't ever get dirty uh, again. Okay? Trying to put it in language that they understand. All right. Our next photo is every uh, last day we did a new believers walk. um, And... Kristen was speaking at it, so snuck a photo at that particular one. She looks like she's in pain in that one. I don't know why. All right. Huh? It was hot. That's everyone. They had to get up at like this, 8 o'clock to be there, and then we would share, and then we would go on this walk together and talk about following Christ. Next photo. Um, This is at the top. So, a big thing at this camp is like it's like has a mountaineering a little bit theme, uh, and a, a theme in mountaineering is uh, these rock piles that people build. Is as you're climbing up above tree lines, if it gets bad weather, you know in the summer you bring a rock up, you put it down. If it gets bad in the winter, maybe there's these huge piles of rocks, and you're known if hey if there's a whiteout, you turn around and you walk to the last rock pile that you were at. So what they have here is at the bottom of the hill, we every kid that has ever given their lives to the Lord at this camp's name is on one of those rocks. 
and we walk it up to the top of the hill and then we put it down and it's a symbol of like just think of the cloud of witnesses that are like hey all these folks have been on this walk and we're still on this walk with you uh when we think of cloud of witnesses oftentimes we we think of witness we think of somebody sits back and watches versus like testimonial witnesses like they're in it with you uh and so i'm sharing a few thoughts and then the students would come and place their rocks uh, on the pile. And so that's the first thing they see when they come. They don't know what it is. It's like, why is there a big rock pile there? Um, but it's got every person's name on it that has given their life to the Lord in the history of Clearwater Cove. Okay? Uh, next photo. That's after they've done it. This is one of the five weeks. Okay? Next photo. Um, this is me sharing at that New Believers Walk at the bottom before they've signed their rocks, gotten their rocks, which we're going around the cross. And then one more, I think. That didn't fit, but this is the photo of all the the mornings of people that uh, gave their lives to the Lord. And I just want to say again, thank you, thank you, thank you. We celebrate this as a church. The church did this uh, as we all were we're there together, <laughs> physically or in spirit, okay? So I'm thankful. Thankful, yes. And so today, um, I want to speak to you on the, the topic, don't be afraid, just believe, okay? Right now, there's a ton of things to be afraid of, Uh <laughs> There's not, there's not a lack of things that you could be like, oh, okay, that makes me nervous. Okay, that's getting close. Uh, oh, I might get this disease. Oh, this war is happening over here. Oh, there's another earthquake. Oh, you know, someone got diagnosed with something else. You know, all these things. There's so much that we could be like, man, Christians are being persecuted. All, I mean, we could just, the list could go on and on of things that you can be afraid of while Jesus is saying, just believe. And it sounds like, man, that's too, that's too simple, Mike. Yet at the same time, that is way too hard. You don't know my situation. And so I'm going to look at some scripture uh, this, e- this today that I find to be very crucial and we can learn some lessons from. So um, if you could turn in your Bibles to Mark 5, starting in verse 21. I'm going to read this uh, to us. I think we have the ESV on the screen, but I'll be reading from the CSB um, version. So it says this. When Jesus crossed over again by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. One of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came and said, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, my little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. Now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything that she had. It was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, If I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she had been healed from her affliction. 
At once, Jesus realized within himself that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, yet you say, who touched me? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. While they were still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? When, he, when Jesus overheard what was said, he said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him except for Peter, James, John, and James's brother. He was James's brother, sorry. They came to the leader's house, and he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in and said, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. But he put them all outside. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him and entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by the hand and said, Talitha Kum, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately she got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this, they were utterly astounded. Then they gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Gracious Lord, I thank you for the, your word. I thank you that it speaks for itself, uh, Lord, that it is le- living and breathing. And I pray that you will speak to us today. I pray that we're able to see you, that we're able to hear from you, and that we're able to believe you, uh, Lord, today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I think some context is needed for this scripture. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Um, but if you go back to chapter 4, uh, Jesus has been ter- telling parables about the kingdom of God. And then he's like, all right, guys, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. All right. And I don't know if he told them the exact destination, but the other side of the lake, they were going to go to a place that they didn't want to go to. It was a place in that culture and that time that you didn't go to. That It was just, you didn't go there. Right? It was the Decapolis. And so they go, and they're in the boat, and a huge storm comes, right? We know the story. And Jesus is, is uh, in the back of the boat, and eventually they get him up, and they're like, don't you care that this storm is happening, all this kind of stuff? And uh, Jesus speaks to the storm and calms it instantly. Right, and just, if you're Amari in the bathtub, you know, moving water around, you tell her not to splash, still, after, even after she stops splashing, doesn't mean water isn't going to kick up over the side of the pool, I mean, of the, of the tub, right? And, and it just says it was a complete calm. In this story, Jesus is demonstrating his total control and power over nature, okay? There's nothing that escapes him. So he has total control. All right, so it says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then they were terrified. So they're in this terrified position, and then they land, and their worst-case scenario happens. They're at a graveyard. You know, they can see where pigs are being, um, you know, herded or whatever. 
and a demon-possessed person comes running at them, right? I don't know if you can tell Jesus, I told you so, right? He knows everything already, or I don't know if it would be appropriate. I know many of us probably think that. I told you, Jesus, right? We live that way. And (laughs) Jesus heals that man and shows that he has total control and power over the spiritual, the things we don't see. So the things we see and the things we don't see, he has total control. And not only that, those folks were so petrified, they said, Jesus, please leave, right? Even though he helped them in a situation that they had no control over. And what's crazy is that man became the witness to that whole ten cities. It says when they returned later, there was believers everywhere. And that was because of this man. So Jesus has control over the physical. He has control over the spiritual. So be thinking about that as we look at this scripture here. So it says this, you know, they come back over, and there's a large crowd. They're waiting for him. I don't know. They didn't text people back then. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't uh, phones. But the word got around quick, right? And so there's a huge crowd waiting. And then you have Jairus. Okay, the synagogue ruler, this, or leader, there was probably two or three of him in that community. He was a significant person, okay? He was a person that people knew. He wasn't like, who's that guy, all right? And he sees Jesus, and he approaches Jesus because his daughter is dying. And I don't know what that call was like. I, we don't know how long his daughter had been in that condition, or situation, but I know how I would respond. I'm going to do whatever it took to to get to a place that Amari was better, right, or my daughter was better. You name it, you're going to do it. And so I don't know if he's at his wit's end or where he is, but there's a huge crowd, and he sees Jesus, and he's like, I have a problem that only Jesus can fix. I don't know if he knew that Jesus had total control over all of nature, and all of, of spiritual things, but he was going to him, and he fell at his knees and asked him to come with him. And he's like, if you just touch my daughter, she will get better. And Jesus agrees to go. And so they're walking. And it says, so Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. If you look that up in the Greek, that pressing is really They are choking. That's how tight this is. So it's obviously pre-COVID, right? It is pre-COVID. They're in there. They're in each other's faces, and they're walking, okay? And then this woman comes up, and she has a different experience. She's in a position where she can't see Jesus, but she heard him, okay? And again, these two people are on the opposite side of the track the synagogue leader, and then the woman with the issue of bleeding. It says, now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything that she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she grew worse. Back then, if you had an issue or any situation, you had to keep that hidden (laughs) because this was the original cancel culture right? They were like going to dismiss her. 
They were going to get rid of her. She had to leave where from her family is. You know, I want you to take your hand and put it like this. Okay? Everybody put your hand, look at it. And so just imagine you're in the middle and just open it up and try to stretch your hand and fingers all away. And so everyone was trying to get as far away from her as possible. And it, just think of your life. Like, you know the difference. It feels like, man, people are pulling away from me for whatever reason. Right? And that's what's happening here. She's kicked out of the community. Right? The synagogue leader, in fact, wouldn't have allowed her to come to the synagogue. Right? Yeah, but they have the, a need that only Jesus can fix. So wherever you are, <laughs> whether you think or wherever you think you are, right, Jesus is the, <laughs> is the only one that can fix that problem. And so it says she had endured many things under many doctors. And I work with a lot of folks I would say that people, the world considers marginalized, and typically the health care there is not the best. I don't know about during this time, I don't know if these people were really doctors or people saying they were doctors and taking advantage of her trying to get everything that she had, right? But it says she grew worse and she, everything that she had was gone. But you would naturally go to a doctor, you would, right? That would make sense. I'm sick. I'm diabetic. We've talked about this. I'm diabetic. I have to I'll go to the doctor, right? When I'm not going to the doctor, there's an issue. But I got to go to the right doctor. And so... She's kicked out, but she's able to hear about Jesus. And I hope that's our testimony, having heard about Jesus. And so while Jairus approaches from the front, say Jesus right there, she comes from the back, okay, showing again her status, where she was. And they could have killed her because if she was touched by them, I mean, if she touched them, they would be considered unclean. So they didn't want to be around her. Again, everyone, get away, you know, away from me. And it says she, she, she came up to him, approached him. I wonder, she had to be fully clothed, all those things. I wonder, it, you know, she's like kind of reached through legs, all that kind of, because they're choking around him, and, and touches his cloak. I don't know if it's just a brush or a grab, or what, but the thing was about it, it was a, a reach out in faith, right? What she had just said earlier, you just got to have a little mustard seed, so if maybe it's just a little, or, or you know, but I'm going to do it, because he knew, like, she knew that Jesus could heal him, and then I think of it, she probably stretched so much. You ever reach behind something in the car? You're driving. You should be paying attention to the road. And you go to that extra stretch, and you hurt your shoulder a little bit. I bet you that it was that type of stretch to get to Jesus. And she touches him. And it says, instantly, her blood, the flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she had been healed of her affliction. Because she came to Jesus in faith. And I, I think it was like when you drink water and it's really hot and you feel it all through your body as the water is going down into your lungs almost. It's not really going down in your lungs, but you feel it everywhere. I bet you that was that type of refreshing that she got when she touched him, however she touched him, 
and was healed. And then at, at once, Jesus in himself realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Like, the disciples are like, Captain Obvious here, who hasn't touched your clothes? Who hasn't touched your clothes? Everybody's, I'm touching your clothes right now, right? And then again, he asked, who touched me? There's something different about her touch. But he was looking around to see who had done this, and the woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. And he told him the whole truth. And I love Jesus' response. And because in that time, again, she was living in a place where she was full of shame, fear, you know, guilt. Because, again, whatever she did, they believed was because of something. Whatever happened to you is because of something you did. Sounds like today, right? Guilt, shame, fear. And Jesus restores her. Jesus has the power to make unclean things clean. And he does that on a regular basis. Every story, he's taking something that people wouldn't touch, places people wouldn't go. And he's going, and he's changing everything about the places that he goes. Because he's changing the people there. You know? And so he says to her daughter, remember, this is it now, daughter, what? You know, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And be healed from your affliction. Man, what a powerful, powerful moment. And I imagine everyone's just like, oh my goodness. And I imagine Jairus is feeling a wide range of emotions. He's right there. He just saw this woman come up and talk to Jesus, be healed. He probably was like, not her, not her, not her. Okay, Jesus healed her. Right? Then he's, you know, okay, that's my brother and that's my sister. You know how we do. And then he's probably like, now it's my time. You're probably encouraged. You just saw Jesus do this incredible thing. I'd be like, okay, yes, it's going to happen. I had faith, now I got more faith. Right? But while he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? I, I imagine he started off falling on the ground. He probably fell down on the ground again. My daughter is dead. But Jesus, because he's so close to Jesus, Jesus overhears this. And he says, I don't know if the journey song, Don't Stop Believing, came on. But... You know, he says, don't be afraid, only believe, right? And I think that's why one of my points today for you is this, is like, we have to be in a place and position to be able to hear from God and to hear his word. And there's also a lesson on the other side for us, and this is, uh, and it might be like, you might be like, that's a, that's kind of cold, Jesus, you know, uh, you know, don't be afraid. Of course I'm afraid. Just believe. What are you talking about? My daughter died. But it can be said, Jesus can say this because of Hebrews 4.15. 
where he says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus could feel what she was feeling, could understand what she was going through. You know, unlike other folks, many times, because there are folks that don't understand. And I was watching the um, Pentagon thing, and, and a woman from Afghanistan asked the the the, the Pentagon, I don't know what his role is, but asking him a question, and he goes, and she's crying in tears, and he's like, I understand. And instantly, it was uncomfortable. I was like, she doesn't understand. She doesn't know what's going on. I don't know who's right or wrong in this situation, but I know that he doesn't understand. And Jesus, though, understands. And he also understands not to say a whole lot of words there. Um, When my mom died in January, I remember, you know, you get all kinds of like, Jesus is with you, God, you get people send you Bible books and all these things on grief and all the the different things. And I had one guy told me, he's like, Mike, I was told this in counseling, that when the pain is the freshest, the words should be the fewest. And um, I was taking that to heart. And I think Jesus knew this guy's in pain. I'm just going to say five words, and then I'm going to walk with him. And... That's what he's going to do. That's what he did. So not only do we have to be in position to hear God's word, our second thing is like, we've got to know that Jesus is going to walk with us. You know, he isn't going to abandon us. He's not going to leave us like maybe everyone else does. You might be all alone, but he's with you. You know? And so he begins to walk with him. And then the third thing is, like, you got to be careful who's with you. <laughs> like, he takes three people with him. He did not let everybody accompany him except, I don't know how he got the whole crowd that was in his face choking him to leave, but he did. I mean, he has the power over all things, so he said leave, and they left maybe. Um, but he did not let anyone accompany him except for Peter, James, and John, James's brother. They came to the leader's house. I'm laughing because of, uh, in John, John's always talking about himself being the loved one. And I wonder if Mark's like, let me just put him in his place. He's James's brother. Uh, And so they came to the leader's house, and they saw a a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And he went in, and he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child's not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside. So a couple things I think right here that are important is that as you're following Christ, as you're on this hard journey, especially when you're in this time of of, of suffering, whatever it may be, it's going to be important to have people around you going with you. But you got to have the right ones because there's going to be other people that are going to be thinking, you must have did something. You, they're going to be the ones laughing. They're going to be the ones that are like po- pointing out all the things that have been going on, right? 
and you got to put them outside. You have to. And Jesus did that. <coughs> they had the audacity to laugh at Jesus in his face, like the literal Jesus, right? Not just, we might laugh at him with our actions. He was right there, and they still laughed at him. So he took the child's father and mother and those who were with them and entered the place where the child was. Then he took uh, the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Quam, which is translated little girl, I say, get up. Another term used in the, for resurrection. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. As they were utterly astounded, at this they were utterly astounded. Then he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat. And so um, I think that's a reminder at the end there that after we might get whatever we're, the healing or whatever it may be that we're waiting on the Lord for, um, we still need to depend on him for our food. Um, because oftentimes I'll pray, God, get me out of this situation, and then I forget about him once I'm out of that situation. I don't know if that's you or not, but I do that way too often when I would like to admit. Instead, I need to know, I need to sit down, be fed, nourished, get <laughs> strength back up, you know, because there's going to be something else that's coming down the line. And I don't want to be going back and forth, back and forth all the time. And so, in closing, I think it's just super important, not just super important for us to realize in this journey, uh, as scary as things are, for us not to be afraid, just believe. And it's, that's only possible if, we're, if, we, if we realize that Jesus is walking with us, and we, and we know that he has the power over all of nature and everything spiritual, that we're in position to hear his words, and then we're careful of with who comes with us. If you do those three things, it's possible to just believe. If you don't, it's going to be very difficult for us. And we're going out into these communities that we're living in, and people are afraid. What advice? I pray that you give them that same advice. Introduce them to Christ. <coughs> Invite them into that relationship with him. Those types of things so that then they can make it. They can <laughs> get through the situation that they're going through, whatever that may be. Okay? So let me close this. I'm going to pray. And um, I think Pastor Kaufman is going to come back up. Gracious Lord, thank you. For today, thank you for this message, I pray. I don't know where people are, what they're going through, a lot, but I know a lot of scary things are happening. And I know that you're right there with us. I know that your word still speaks to us. And I know that you want us in community with others. And I pray that you'll give us the wisdom to know um, who those people are. And I pray if there's anyone in here that, that doesn't know you, that they will choose you today, uh, Lord. They'll surrender their lives to you, uh, Lord. So thank you. Be with us as we go. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Mike. Praise God for the word this morning. Do not be afraid, only believe. What are you afraid of today? What is causing fear in your life that God is saying to you? Do not be afraid, only believe. Only believe in God. And as Mike shares that Jesus in his person is sufficient for you, period. Look at what he shared, and we'll walk with you. But what is it that is causing fear in your life? And what is it to that that the Lord is saying to you? And it's not a stern rebuke. You can hear the gentleness in it because both people were hurting. Don't be afraid. said to Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe. What is God wanting to answer that for you today? This morning as we prayerfully close, I want to give an opportunity today. If you are here and the fear of what's happening in the world is a result that you don't know Christ, you've never come into relationship with him. Oh, you might have attended church but you've never recognized Christ as the sinless and perfect son of God. God in flesh, God dwelling among us when he came, that we are sinful and that he is the only remedy for that sin. And that by believing in the work that he has done when he said he came to die for the sins of the entire world, of all humanity, that you accepted and embraced that, confessed that sin, because we were all born sinners, all of us, and allow the forgiveness that Christ offers to be yours. If you've not done that and have entered into a relationship with Christ, you can, and you can do that today. And I would ask you that if that is you today, that you come and see myself or you talk with Mike afterwards and then have a conversation. We would love to lead you into how to have a relationship in Christ and to begin the journey. Jesus will walk with you all the way until he calls you home. It'll be the best thing that ever happened in your life. And so if that is you today, please. But if you've already trusted Christ and today you are really struggling because fear has gripped you because of whatever is happening either around you or in your circle. And things seem out of control. And you need a reminder. Let the word remind you today that, that, that Jesus is saying, I'm sufficient. I'll walk with you. I'll meet the need as I choose. But you've got to trust him. And if you need prayer today, I would ask you after service just to let myself, Mike will also be available, uh, elders that are here, brothers, can you raise your hand just real quick, uh, elders that are here throughout the service, we would love to be able to pray with you um, and allow the Lord to minister to you. And so once again, we want to thank my brother Mike. Um, 
we are grateful for um, what he's been able to do. Instead of having my sister come back up, I'm just going to um, dismiss and close this. Thank you again for actually coming. Thank you for being here in person. Um, if you need an offering envelope, can you raise your hand if you want to? Um, our ushers will gladly give you an understand that you can give here in person, receptacles in the back, one that's a box that's in the wall as well, um, or you can give online um, as well, or you can mail in. There are several ways in which you can continue to do that, and I ask that you continue to do that as we continue to have ministry in this area and uh, among us. Thank God that Bible study will be s starting up again. And um, we will give more info on that. Um, continue to pray for our students and our teachers and administrators in our schools. They are trying to figure things out in a tough environment. And they've got people coming at them from all sides. And it is not easy. And so I just pray that we as believers don't add fuel to the fire. Amen. And that we are people that because we are in Christ, that settles us. And we got folk, folk that come on, don't, don't act out of fear. Exactly. Don't act out of fear. Whatever your fear is, allow the Lord to minister and let us be the help that these people are looking for. Let us be the calm in the storm. Let us be the peacemakers that entered the room, not the ones that are fighting. And so as we do, we bring Christ with us. And I pray that we do that. We have some I know that are, are um, at school already, some that are leaving um, for college um, if they haven't left already. And uh, we want to continue to pray for them as they continue on. And for all of us that are in new phases in our lives, whether it's a new school, new job, um, a new environment, doesn't matter. Uh, this is a time that newness typically happens. You re-up commitments. Um, let us be praying for one another. Talk to one another. Ask them. The pandemic didn't affect your mouth. It didn't. Some of y'all talking more than ever. But you know what? Whether it's in person or virtually, reach out to your brothers and sisters and let them know you care and that you're there in a time when people are isolating themselves. Let's just remember that. Thank you all again for how you continue to serve. Remember, if you are going to be here for Saturday to go online and register, please. Um, because we will turn you away if you are not registered at the door. Not being mean, just being orderly. Amen. And so with that, um, let me just pray for us quick and I will dismiss us. Make sure you greet our brother Mike um, and um, Kristen as well. Uh, and um, show them your love. Um, not just in your mind, but verbally. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, for the fellowship, Lord, for the sweetness of the, the communion and from being with one another. We pray that you would let this be a great beginning to our week in you, regardless of what comes our way. I pray that we would not be afraid, but only believe. We ask you this in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed.